I'm so excited. I'm like over the moon, like so happy to have Ben of, he's actually the bit boy, okay? He's on a crusade to educate the unwashed masses like us uh, on this amazing investment opportunity, okay? You guys might have heard of it. It's called Bitcoin, okay? So excited to be doing this episode on Bitcoin humor. I'm basically doing this for my own selfish purposes because um, I'm Chinese, I'm a gold digger. Uh, but I feel like that's too common now. So I have to upgrade to Diamond Digger. But even Diamond Digger is not cool enough. So I got to bring Ben on here to teach me how to be a cryptocurrency digger. So um, this is basically the best way for you guys to understand because uh, he actually is hilarious. You guys should check out his TikTok, YouTube, and podcast, which are freaking amazing. And you guys are going to get rich uh, while having some fun. So welcome, Ben. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited to uh, talk about Bitcoin and uh, who knows, maybe get a laugh or two in. I know, right? Like after, the, I'm going to run with your information because you told me so much even in the intro. I'm just like, <laughs> all right, it's going to be good. So um, can you explain Bitcoin to the five and 50 year olds listening? Yeah. So Bitcoin is something that's very simple and it, it's so simple that people can't understand it. I think sometimes, <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things. Uh, basically what Bitcoin is, is it is a form of digital currency that removes the need to have anyone else involved in your transactions. So like when you were a kid and you were, you know, at daycare or whatever, and you wanted to trade maybe a, a baseball card for a, a piece of candy, like all you had to do was literally just hand that person the candy and that person would give you the baseball card or, or whatever it is. Uh -huh. But the way we do transactions today is, you know, if you're going to go to a store and you want to buy something, you're going to have Visa, you're going to have Apple, you're going to have someone else involved in that transaction on your side. And then also the store where you're buying it at, they're also uh, have payment processors and things like that. So all kinds of people have gotten involved in our transactions and what Bitcoin is trying to do is take that power back and give it to the individual. So if I want to pay you, I can pay you. PayPal, Venmo, nobody else has it to be involved. I can just send you whatever I want to send you. That's the best explanation I've heard. I actually understand it now. So thank you. Oh my God. Well, thanks for having me on. It was a great podcast. <laughs> so, um, cause I, what I appreciate about you is like, you, you, you like, cause I, I, I feel like cryptocurrency is so new but the people who are, are so advanced, they're just talking in all these jargon. So thank you so much for simplifying, uh, simplifying it so much. I really love it. So can you tell us how you got started in this space? Sure. So kind of to piggyback on what you were just talking about is uh, I'm not a nerd. I'm a regular guy. I'm not. What? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not super techie. I'm not into IT. I don't play World of Warcraft. Uh, or anything like that. Um, so my podcast, we call it uh, Beards and Bitcoins. It's a podcast for the man's man because we, we do things like talk about sports and barbecue. We don't just talk about Bitcoin. Um, and, and so the way I got into crypto is very interesting because it didn't have anything to do with me, you know, being super into cryptography or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, I ran a business where I sold sports and concert tickets oh. and I had to run a software to post ads on Craigslist to sell my tickets. Whoa, you have software to post on Craigslist? Okay, this explains so much. Um, <laughs> can you, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I just, yeah, so this, this would have been back in 2012. Uh, and the software I, I was running, I'd been running it for a couple years. Uh, all of a sudden, the US government took down the guy's website. Whoa. Yeah, because you're not supposed to use automated software to post on Craigslist. So, 
It violated the terms of service. So they sued him and they got his website shut down because he was in Ukraine and he couldn't come to America or he wouldn't come to America to answer the charges. Right. So, so the internet police, I can, they took down his website and his payment processors. What? And so, yeah. And so he just started taking Bitcoin. I was like, what is this crazy thing? I have no idea what this is. And it was so complicated. It was so hard to use. Like imagine trying to learn it back then when there wasn't even really information out about it. Um, and, and so through that process, uh, one day I just had extra sitting in my account and then like overnight it exploded and it was worth like thousands of dollars. And I was like, man, what is this? It got me really interested. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really wasn't until 2016 or 17 that I really got, like, I went full blown into it and decided to start a YouTube channel and things like that. But, uh, that, that was how I first got into crypto. Wow. That's an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing that because it's not the typical way that people get into it. Um, but this is, this is fascinating to me. So do you think people should invest in Bitcoin in general? Like who do you think should and who do you think shouldn't? Well, the answer to who shouldn't is pretty simple. It's basically if you don't have any disposable income, if you don't have money that you are willing to risk or to lose, then you shouldn't invest. Um, you mean I shouldn't be homeless to buy Bitcoin? What? Right. I, I would probably say that's not a good idea. I actually thought about doing a video where, uh, uh, I don't know, I still may do this, so no one steal this idea, where I do a video called Giving Bitcoin to Homeless People, and I just go around and give Bitcoin to homeless people and show people how pointless it is to give money digitally to someone who doesn't have a house, because it would be ridiculous. And then, of course, then of course, I'd also give them, like, socks or, you know, I, I would do something positive for them, you know. Please make this video. Uh, that would be amazing. I probably, I probably should, but, but, but yeah, that's, that, that's the thing is it, it, you know, we always say like in crypto, you know, this isn't financial advice and, you know, don't risk what you can't afford to lose. However, I, I do believe that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is the future of money, period. I don't think we'll be, you know, exchanging pieces of metal a hundred years from now. So if you do have any disposable income, um, and you are interested in investing, I would say it's an investment for, for everyone. I mean, really the younger you are, to invest really the better, even if you don't have a ton of money. The fact is, is that, you know, you have the most time to watch it grow. I see. And um, do you feel like people should get more educated before they buy it? Or should they just buy a little bit just to have it? Like, what are your thoughts on just uh, when to buy it? Right. So I pretty much tell everyone to just, uh, this kind of will sound counter to what I just said. But I tell everybody to just buy some. And, and when I say buy some, I mean a little bit. Like you, you can buy it on Cash App. It's very easy to buy on Cash App. I know oh, really? a yeah, a lot of the younger generation uses uh, Cash App. So that's a great place to get started. Just put 10 or 20 bucks in. That's it. Just put 10 or 20 Wait, bucks what? in. I thought you had to put like 10,000. Like well, I'm confused. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Not, no, you do not have to buy a whole Bitcoin. People, oh, you put shares. Oh, absolutely. Well, we call them, uh, this is where it will sound a little nerdy. We call them Satoshis because that's the creator of Bitcoin. He's an anonymous person uh, named Satoshi Nakamoto. And so, whereas with a dollar, you have pennies. With right, a Bitcoin, right. you have Satoshis. That's the smallest oh, fraction. Yeah, it can be divided into 10 million parts. Whoa. So a dollar can be divided 100 times. A Bitcoin can be divided 10 million times. And so you can buy any amount. Like if you want to buy 10 or $15 worth of Bitcoin, you can no, do that on Cash App. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. So usually oh, what happens is, is, 
Okay. Sorry. 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 <laughs> I just wanted to finish the, the answer. I, there. I was so excited. I had to cut you off. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but what I was going to say is I just tell everybody to put 10, 15, 20 bucks, whatever is disposable to you in Cash App, and then just watch the Bitcoin. You'll watch it go up, watch it go down. And then that is usually enough to spark someone's interest, especially mm -hmm. if it like goes up 20% in a day and people start doing the math like, wait, if I had $1,000 in this, you know, I would have made $200 or, you know, $100, whatever it would be instead of $2. And that's usually enough to spark people's interest to get more uh, educated on Bitcoin. So it's kind of right. like you almost have to have the investment first to mm -hmm. give you the motivation to look deeper on the education side. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my God, I got so much value. I hope the listeners are like downloading Cash App now and getting that because I think that just changes people's perspectives completely. I actually thought I had to buy like a whole Bitcoin. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so why do you think people are so crazy in cryptocurrency? I feel like it's a gold <laughs> rush time. Like, why do you think people are, are like this? Like, what are your thoughts on this period of time? And at the time of recording, it's December 2019. So what are your thoughts? That's a great question. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on that. Uh, for, first of all, you know, a lot of the people that are the most interested and crazy about cryptocurrency, they are, you know, what, what I call nerds. You know, they're, they're people yeah. that uh, may not get out of their house a lot or, you know, they may not have the best social skills. And I think that's... <laughs> that makes so much sense at the conference now. I wish. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and there, there are a lot of regular people in crypto also. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong on that. that you know, uh, I have a whole squad of people that I roll with. We do go to conferences together and they're, they're like totally normal people for the most part. Um, some of them are a little crazy, but um, you know, I, I think that that, it, you know, it's similar to like, if you go to an anime convention or something like that, like you go there and, normal people at an yeah. anime convention. So some of the people are weird. I, I went and did a Bitcoin video at DragonCon in Atlanta. Um, and, and we thought there would be a lot of crossover and there actually wasn't, right. but I mean, oh. you know, there, there are people that once you get them in their element, so when you get them talking about cryptocurrency, like mm -hmm. they can talk about it and it's very easy flowing. But when you get kind of outside of that topic, mm -hmm. it's just a wide range of people. But, you know, a, a lot of people, they kind of make fun of people that are in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency mm -hmm. because we're also passionate. Like that's one thing that makes this space <laughs> different than other things right. is we are mm -hmm. very passionate about changing the world. I mean, that's really what this is about. It's not about us making a couple bucks. Right. That's a great advantage to it. But mm -hmm. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is something that has the opportunity to really change the world. I would say mm -hmm. only second to like what the printing press did. Um, what? Yeah, wow. when, when that, that was created. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that explains a lot of stuff. So, um, so okay, I'm a gold digger, okay? Yeah. Chinese descent. I'm a female who's trying to marry up. Uh, how can I identify a man who has the most Bitcoins at a conference? Or what advice would you have for selecting a spouse? Because you have a lot of wonderful kids. Uh, so what are, what's, what's your advice? <laughs> yeah. So um, if you're looking to be, uh, you know, a, a Bitcoin digger, yes. um, you got to be careful though, because that sounds a lot like a Bitcoin miner. So know. is a miner like, um, is it underage or am I going to be in China <laughs> updating servers? Like, can you? No, no, no. A Bitcoin miner is someone who mines Bitcoin. That's what they call it when you create new Bitcoin. So what do you have to do to mine? Well, to mine Bitcoin, you basically have to have a computer that 
uh, has a certain algorithm that it works nonstop to solve. That's what Bitcoin mining is. And that's what creates, creates new Bitcoin. So you gotta be careful. You're saying you're a Bitcoin digger. People might think you're a Bitcoin miner. So I don't, I don't really know what, what lingo you got to change there, but if you really want to go out and, and, uh, be a, a strong independent Bitcoin woman that actually still does need a man, I would say that you look for the person that's not talking about Bitcoin, about how much Bitcoin they have. You know, just, just like with anything silent else. Silent Bob type, right? Okay. What's that? The silent Bob of the conference. Exactly. Like those, th those are the people you need to look for. You pay attention to what they're doing, not, not kind of what they're flashing. So if, if you follow them outside of the conference and you see them going to Ruth Chris Steakhouse or a nice steakhouse, mm -hmm. then that's who you want to stick with. Uh, if you see somebody that is talking about how much Bitcoin they got, but you know, then you see them getting a double cheeseburger at McDonald's, you might want to think twice. I see. That's, that's all advice. Thank you so much. Uh, and that kind of leads to my next question. I don't know if it was just me because of my ignorance about Bitcoin, but as a woman, when I go to these Bitcoin conferences, I feel like I'm a little bit met with skepticism. So like, uh, you touched on that a little bit in terms of like social awkwardness. So like, what would you advise for like women who want to go or like people who maybe are kind of different from what a usual cryptocurrency person would be like on going or maybe just a newbie who's feeling intimidated? What would you say to them about going to conferences? It sounds like you're saying normal people. Normal people. Okay. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and say it. A normal person that wants to go into crypto. What, what do you need to do? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, the women topic is a little touchy because you know with cryptocurrency yeah it is it's 90 percent men at least mm -hmm. and a lot of the women that i know in crypto you know they've had a hard time in terms of crypto influencers you know that's what we call them people that have large twitter accounts and things because they get trolled a lot and mm -hmm. it, it seems like there is an element of like woman hating in cryptocurrency and it it personally Really it irritating. Me. It's it's you guys started what 2016 and you guys already hate us. It's kind of. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bitcoin started in 2009. Oh, 2009. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, uh, no, no, don't. Maybe worry that's why it. they got annoyed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but thank you for for showing. I'm not going insane. Uh, no, you're because I was like, oh, I feel this way, but is well, it you like also you also have to think of it like this, like. There definitely is a part of crypto that is is woman hating. I, I don't so know why. why. I've like, never been yeah, able to wrap that's, my. That's kind wrap, of random. Yeah, it is. It, it's hard to wrap my head around. Um, but I think the more normal people that get into crypto, the the less right. that is prevalent. But I would say that the that it's almost kind of like when you're in. I keep talking about when you're in kindergarten or daycare. But when you're in kindergarten and you like a girl, mm -hmm. you make fun of her. Yeah. You know. That's true. Mm -hmm. and, and and that's kind of how those little relationships start is, you know, you say, oh, I don't like you or whatever. And like we said, a lot of people in crypto are very socially awkward. Mm -hmm. And I think it is kind of that thing where they just don't really know how to relate to women. And, the, you know, and so they into Bitcoin. That makes sense. But yeah, exactly. Oh. But I, I've said for a long time, and that's why I'm so passionate about talking about being a normal person in crypto, not <laughs> super nerdy or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Because the fact is, if only people that are super techie uh, mm -hmm. come into crypto, the space is not going to grow. And That's we true. we have to appeal to the normal person, your average everyday person that might be interested in 
you know, investing or might be interested in computer stuff or whatever it might be, or gaming, for instance, like to get those people to come in. And that's the only way we're really ever going to be able to achieve, you know, change in the world like we want to do. Awesome. Do you think they'll allow me to speak at their event if I become more educated about this and know when cryptocurrency started? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, well, definitely there are opportunities. To, to, sorry. <laughs> what's that? I put you in a tough box. That's fun. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Uh, but, uh, so um, in your experience, like how is Bitcoin different from other types of investments? Well, Bitcoin is, is different than other types of investments because it, it's, I'm going to say it again, it's world changing. And I want to explain what, what I mean by that. Yeah, when you invest in Apple as a stock, like, yeah, they're making some cool tech, but it's not going to really change the world in a dramatic way. Like, yes, they had the iPhone, which has definitely changed our lives in a lot of ways, Absolutely. but yet there were other smartphones. If they didn't do it, somebody else was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're still putting the power in the hands of Apple. Yes. But with mm -hmm. Bitcoin, you're putting the hands in the power of the people because mm -hmm. uh, in 2016, banking was a uh, $16 trillion industry. Wow. And if you were to completely remove the need for banks, because that's really what Bitcoin is doing, you're able to do transactions and you own all of your own money. If we were able to take that $16 trillion and put it into raising the quality of life overall in the world, like think about what that could do. Because mm -hmm. banks are just middlemen. They take your money. If we all went to the bank today and we all said we want to withdraw our cash, they couldn't do it. Banks are only required to, to have 10% of the overall money that's in their accounts mm -hmm. in terms of like liquid cash. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't even do it. They couldn't even give us our own money back. And you see in other countries where they go through a crisis and all of a sudden the government limits how much of their own money they can take out. And that's scary to me. And, you know, because of the power that Bitcoin has to change the world and to raise the overall quality of life, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can kind of think of it like this. Like if we were to go back to the dark ages and we were to say, what was the average quality of life of, you know, people in poverty? It was much lower than mm -hmm. the quality of life is now for people right. in poverty. Absolutely. Like people, yeah, people in poverty now live like kings compared to people who lived in poverty in like the 1400s. Right. So I, I think that's the important thing to know is you're not just investing in uh, something that is going to make you money. Like you're really making an investment in the quality of life in the world. I love that. I love that mission. State. Is it, do people just become better when they become parents? Like, what, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Like mission on the world and like, you know, making things better. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I do think that having kids changes your perspective in a lot of ways. Uh, I love being a dad. It's like my favorite thing. Uh, definitely. I felt like it was what I was born to be was a dad. So I got three kids and, you know, you, you just kind of start thinking more big picture. And, you know, really, I think what it does is it humbles you because as your children grow up, you remember yourself at that age and the way that you thought about things and your parents would say something and you would just be so wrong about it, but you really felt like you were right. But then when you're a parent and you look at your children when they're six and they're saying like, you don't understand, I'm going to die if I don't get to play the Nintendo Switch today. And it just puts everything into perspective for you. It just makes you realize like how naive, you know, you can be about different things at different ages. That's so fascinating. So do you plan on like gifting your children cryptocurrency? Would you rather them learn to invest and make their own mistakes? 
it's like how, yeah i mean i'm sure you're already educating your children on it but like how yeah how are you doing that right yeah now? my thing is is definitely educating my kids on crypto and having them understand i mean we definitely have crypto set aside for the kids mm -hmm. um but they don't really understand it to the point of like oh yeah i would rather have a bitcoin that, that cost ten thousand dollars than you know like my youngest child uh mario versus sonic olympics for his nintendo switch like that's what he really wants right now like if I, if I offered him that choice, he would take the video game that's worth, you know, one two hundredth of the price or whatever it would be. Um, but at the same time, like it's important to help them to understand, uh, you know, what this technology is and what it's going to do. And, you know, a very interesting thing with kids that all my kids play Fortnite. They love Fortnite. Mm -hmm. And Fortnite has something called V-Bucks. And uh, V-Bucks actually has even been used to launder money uh, through organized yeah. crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of qualities of v bucks that are similar to you know crypto and of course i'm not saying crypto is used to launder money but some people do of course yeah, but yeah, yeah. the point here is is that v bucks are a great way to teach your children about cryptocurrency because mm -hmm. while v bucks itself is not specifically a crypto mm -hmm. it is a digital form of money mm -hmm. and kids are able to send it to each other and there's all kinds of use cases for it and of course we believe that gaming is a big use case of cryptocurrency so V-Bucks is really a good way to, to teach kids. So, you know, there's a lot of times when we're trying to teach them lessons about Bitcoin that we'll use it in terms of what they understand, which is a currency in a video game. I love that. So, oh my God, so many things running through my mind right now. So, um, like, what does Bitcoin and money in general mean to you? Like, what's your philosophy on wealth? Uh, well, obviously it's a tool, you know, it, it's a tool to get you where you want to be. I think the problem with people, and I'm definitely guilty of this myself, is when you use it as a tool and you get somewhere, you're immediately looking for the next ladder up, you know, and, and it's like, if I were to say to myself when I was 20, mm -hmm. hey, when you're 37 years old, you'll have this, you'll have this, you'll have this, I would have been like, oh yeah, I'll take that. But then you get to that place and you look around and you say, man, I have everything I wanted. I want more. And I, I think the thing about money is, is, you know, people say it's the root of all evil. And, you know, there's definitely an element to that that's true, but yet you have to have it to survive as well. So it's all about looking, you know, keeping things in perspective. And I think that's why the holidays are such a great time um, in between Thanksgiving and New Year's. Because during this time, you know, it, you really reflect on what you're thankful for. And a lot of the times in the year, you're so focused on getting things and moving yeah. forward and paying this off or being able to afford this that you lose perspective on what you have. And I, I think that this is a really good time to look around and like, if you have to make a list, like literally make a list of the things that you're thankful for. I, I think that's a good way to always keep things in perspective. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I do appreciate like putting, putting just everything into perspective. I love that. So um, let's switch gears a little bit. Like you're a hilarious person. So like, who are your favorite comedians and like, who do you find funny besides me? <laughs> well, you're obviously the funniest person I know. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Who's the second? Uh, well, uh, I would have to say me. So I'm going to go. Oh, with right. My you're right. Yeah. Actually, you're uh, first. You're first. Yeah. Oh, I'm first. Thank, thank you so much. I was trying to be a polite uh, okay. gentleman, unlike most of the people in crypto. So yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, comedians. I don't watch a lot of stand up comedy i used to when i was younger um i liked chris rock he was he was really funny i always thought uh jim gaffigan's you know he's like 
yeah, he's iconically funny. funny. Obviously, people, people really like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kevin Hart is really funny. I, yeah. I like Kevin Hart. I think he's got like, I don't know, he's he's very little, you know, and he yeah. always uses that to his advantage. What one thing I really like in in comedians is when it seems to come naturally for them and they're not trying to force it. Mm-hmm. Um, some comedians, you know, they'll uh, they'll get like put in a movie role that has them like seem like they're very family friendly. And then you watch their stand up and they're not at all. It's almost like, what's that? Yeah, I was just laughing. Yeah. And it's like they try so hard to be vulgar and over the top and, and stuff that it comes across as not funny. So I like people that really just kind of like to stay in their niche and stay in their wheelhouse and, um, you know, and be funny. I, I think that when people try too hard and it can be obvious, I, you know, a great example is, is uh, the movie Grown Ups. Have you seen this movie? No, sorry. I was very sheltered as a child. And I just don't watch movies anymore. But yeah, can you can you tell us what it is about? Yeah, so so Grown Ups, they had Grown Ups 1 and Grown Ups 2, and maybe they're having a third one. And uh, Grown Ups has a lot of funny comedians in it. It's got Adam Sandler, uh, David Spade, uh, Kevin James, Chris Rock, uh, and some others. But that movie had so many funny comedians in it, but it was not funny at all. And the reason, to me anyways, I, I didn't like it a single bit. I turned it off halfway through because it felt like what they did is they took all the comedians and they said, okay, we want you to just take like certain parts of your stand-up act and put it as dialogue in the movie. Oh man. That's yeah. a and disaster. It, yeah. it was a disaster. I didn't like it at all. So, you know, however, all of those guys on their own are really funny in their stand-up and, and things like that. So, you know, I, I just love it when humor is organic. I, I love dad yeah. jokes, Absolutely. you know, I love being corny, it, it, like things that just kind of happen in the moment. People ask me, they're like, you know, what's your favorite dad joke? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really have them because I just say them when they come up, you know? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So, um, so uh, let's, let's switch gears a little bit more now because this is so fascinating because in your channel, in your Instagram, you do talk a little bit about like, like how Chinese cryptocurrency is and U.S. cryptocurrency yeah. is. And it's hilarious to me because, all right, let's go to town on this. Like, what are your thoughts on like the cultural differences and just maybe like how these two countries are uh, regulating this, uh, this currency? Yeah, so this is definitely a touchy subject um, because we are, we are now entering into a, what, what a lot of us in crypto are calling the new space race, which is hmm. the race between China and the United States on who is going to have blockchain and cryptocurrency dominance. Um, and, and it's frankly scary because, uh, China being a communist country, I mean, if they're able to, uh, take control and be the dominating force in cryptocurrency, this could be enough for them to, you know, eat up at the United States lead in the world economy. Cause the United States wow. has a lot of people think China and the United States are close in economy. It's not even close. You know, the United States is about 50% bigger than China wow. in terms of economy, but cryptocurrency and blockchain could be a way that they could, uh, you know, eat into that if they're able to take the lead. In the United States, we've been really slow to regulate cryptocurrency. And China has seen that as an opportunity to go harder into crypto because the more that we stumble, a lot of you guys may have, have heard of Facebook creating its own cryptocurrency called Libra. And Mark Zuckerberg was on Capitol Hill for several weeks, or not several weeks, several different times, uh, him and other members of Facebook. Uh, talking about this cryptocurrency, the United States government has had so much pushback against it that China has seen an opportunity. And so what I think we're going to see is I think in the near future, Mm -hmm. 
we're going to see cryptocurrency become more of a political issue. Wow. Uh, and, and we're going to see people that are in favor of capitalism and growing our economy. We're going to see those people mm-hmm. really push to speed up the regulation uh, in the United States to make it easier. Because if, if we have blockchain, if, if you look at what happened over the last 20 years in terms of, you know, uh, call centers or job, you know, jobs for corporations, they move them overseas because they can pay them a lot less mm-hmm. because it just didn't make sense for them to do it in America. And they're saving on taxes by moving to other countries as well. I'm afraid that's what we're going to see in cryptocurrency if we don't do something quick, where we're going to have incredible blockchain companies that move out of America because they're getting overregulated and they're not getting an opportunity to grow. And what that means is all the tax dollars from those companies are going to go to other countries instead of back here in America. Wow. Thank you for that analysis. You guys, folks, you heard it here first, okay? we predicted this like 20 years before it's actually gonna happen i don't know how long thank you thank you so much for that because yeah i do see it becoming like you said a political issue and i'm curious to see how it unfolds because um i don't have dual citizenship i had to renounce my chinese citizenship uh but we'll see uh i'm gonna have to see how where i can live in the future um so can you share what are all these like Ethereum and like Dogecoin. I like what are these weird names and how how can I know what to invest in? Dogecoin. I Doge. love that pronunciation. Yeah. It's, Do- oh, oh, it's Doge. Dogecoin. Doge. Oh, it's Doge. It's Doge. Yeah, it's uh-huh. Doge. And I don't it's, have a lot of real life friends. Can you tell? Yeah, I can um, tell. No, it's yeah. okay. We actually had uh, for my podcast. We had someone writing show notes and uh, they heard us talking about Dogecoin and they actually spelled it like D O C H coin. I was like, man, I, it's just one of those things like you never think about how tricky the pronunciation of a word is uh, when you're kind of in the, the niche or the space where it is, but outside, like it's really crazy. Dogecoin is actually a meme coin. So it was uh, created based on a famous meme called the Doge meme that has a, a dog. I can't remember the name, the, the kind it's of a Chiba dog. Inu. Yeah, it's a Shiba Inu. Yeah, yeah, Chiba Inu. Inu. That's right. Orange looking Japanese dog. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, you just taught me about cryptocurrency. So I'm really excited. <laughs> that's, that's shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. At the same time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's a meme coin, which basically just means that it's a community of people behind it. And, and this is what people have to understand about coins in general that are digital, including Bitcoin, mm-hmm. which is they only have value because people say they have value. And mm. a lot of people get tripped up on that. Like, oh, Bitcoin is just valuable because a hundred and... Uh, 50 billion dollars have gone into it like yes that people agree it has value and they're willing to put money into it and that's why it it, it has a market cap of right now it should be i think about 130 billion for bitcoin only 200 billion for all of cryptocurrency so it's serious money that's going into it but with the u.s dollar it's the same thing the u.s dollar is not backed by gold it hasn't been backed by gold since the nixon administration the only reason that the u.s dollar has value is because we agree that it has value. That's why if I go to a if I go to Disney World and I buy a Coke, or if I go to my local gas station and buy a Coke, the price is different because at Disney World everyone agrees the value of that Coke is much more than we agree when we go to Quick Trip. If we didn't agree, then that means that we wouldn't spend that money, and Disney wouldn't be able to pay that price. Mm-hmm. So it's it's only based on what people are willing to value an item at. Mm-hmm. That if you look at inflation, that's why, you know, an ice cream today is 
you know, uh, $2 and, you know, your grandma tells you about when it was a penny. So um, that, that, that is why something like Dogecoin that's just a meme, it has value. It has a very passionate group of people mm -hmm. behind it. However, most of your cryptocurrencies today outside of Bitcoin, they have some kind of function or purpose. They're trying to do something specifically. So Ethereum uh, runs what are called smart contracts, which are basically actions that get triggered by computer code. They don't need a person to get in the middle of them. Mm -hmm. So like if, if you wanted to uh, call and pay a bill on, you know, at your, uh, uh, like a utility company, you have to call them or you have to do something online to actually get that payment in the system and to get it processed. With a smart contract, mm -hmm. it would have that built into the code. Like when X happens, the Y result will come. So that's what a smart contract is. You have other coins that do things like Monero. Monero is what's called a privacy coin. They would argue to you that it's actually a better Bitcoin uh, because with Bitcoin, a lot of people think that it's private transactions, like that it's completely anonymous. However, there are groups uh, like a company called Chainalysis, which analyzes the blockchain. They're actually able to determine through a huge web of transactions uh, where a transaction originated and where it got sent to. And based on other factors, they can actually determine who owns which address. So Bitcoin is not 100% anonymous, where something like Monero, it is anonymous. There's absolutely no way to tell you know, who sent a transaction. Mm -hmm. And there's tons of other cryptocurrencies out there that do all kinds of different things. I would tell everybody, invest first in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And once you start getting educated, then you can start making some judgment calls on, we call them altcoins, what altcoins you may want to invest in. I personally love altcoins, mm -hmm. but a lot of them are down over 90% since uh, the big bubble in 2017. So some people might look at it and say, it's a great time to buy some of those. Other people might look and say, you know, we, we don't really know where the floor is there and they could go down further. But I believe ultimately in a tokenized economy, a fully tokenized economy, where one day a store having its own cryptocurrency will be as common as a store having its own website. Wow. You heard it here? Heard it here first. You feel like you're like the Oracle. Like you're predicting <laughs> the future right here. Thank you so much for just so much insights. It's, it's getting me to thinking because we're still it's still like a relatively new space so i'm excited to see like how it actually goes um so how can you determine if a cryptocurrency conference or event is legitimate if possible well i would say by the price i mean it, oh, it, yeah the the more expensive the price the more crazy and overblown it's going to be oh. a lot of conferences out there charging nine hundred dollars like i'm I, I also have a website bitboycrypto.com where i cover crypto news and so I get media passes. I get to go to all the conferences for free. Um, even if, oh, wow. yeah, a lot of conferences invite me to come, mm -hmm. but if they don't, I can just reach out and say like, Hey, I'd like a media pass and I can go for free. Ooh. I wouldn't. So one I'm going to in the near future, I won't name it. I, I was looking at the prices and I was like, man, how are they charging $900 for someone to come to this, this oh, conference? Right. I would never pay that much. So I recently spoke at a conference called Chainwise. Mm-hmm. And it's in, uh, it was in Cincinnati, Ohio, put on by a crypto YouTuber named uh, Jason Appleton, also mm -hmm. known as the Crypto Crow. Mm -hmm. And he only charged 20 bucks a day for people to come. Cool. And if you're interested in going to a crypto conference, go to one that you're not going to have to pay a lot to go to. Um, because oh. you're going to have people that are much more passionate about cryptocurrency there. 
because they're not there because they're getting a, a big paycheck. And so while I go to a lot of crypto conferences, I go to almost every crypto conference, you know, I certainly would not ever pay, a, you know, more than a couple hundred bucks to go. So if you're interested in going, I would say look for one that's really about uh, trying to educate. Now, if you're the type of person that gets in and you just want to like meet, uh, you know, meet some of the popular Twitter accounts or some of the popular YouTubers, then you probably may want to take go once a year and maybe go to one that's seven or eight hundred bucks. I would say like dig around for a coupon code if you can. Um, if that's what you want to do is you want to go and meet some of the people that you follow and and watch, then you know that can be kind of a cool thing for people to do. I know people in all niches like to do that. You know, go talk to the popular YouTubers or whatever it might be. But I would just just definitely say try to look for the ones that are trying to do good and not make money. I love that. Oh my god, I feel like me and all the uh, listeners, we've just gone away wealthier, either by saving money or knowing where to invest and just starting out. So, oh my God, thank you so much. Um, so can you tell us more about the website and the you know, YouTube channel and the podcast that you run? You talked a little bit about it and on your um, Instagram right now, you're running some sort of like contest. Can you share more about that? Yeah, I'm doing a contest right now on Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow my Twitter, bitboy underscore crypto. Uh, giving away, uh, I, I think 75 bucks, $25 to three different winners. I think it's three on, uh, on my, uh, Twitter page. All you got to do is, uh, like, uh, my, or follow my handle, follow my podcast handle, which is at beards, Bitcoin, and then retweet the pin post. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do a lot of contests. That's definitely a way that I can kind of give back to my community mm -hmm. and also grow at, at the right. same time. People call it growth hacking. But I, I like to I like to give stuff away to people. I like to see people that can't afford cryptocurrency be able to to make it or earn or earn it. Um, and so that's something cool I like to do. Um, but yeah, so I, I started my YouTube channel as actually a cartoon called BitBoy, and that's how I, everything started. Oh yeah, yeah, how did yeah tell us about the comics? Because you have like a lot. Like how how did you? Get yeah. Started? So the comic is called BitBoy and Hodel or or Hodel. Hodel is basically a term we use in cryptocurrency. It was a misspelling of the word hold where someone was talking about like he does better just holding cryptocurrency instead of trading it. Okay. And so uh, Hoddle is a turtle and BitBoy is a superhero. So the turtle is kind of like his loyal companion sidekick that, you know, keeps BitBoy on track. Mm -hmm. And I, I still have plans to make the full BitBoy animated cartoon series, but it's oh, very yeah. expensive. Oh yeah. 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 I'm gonna, yeah. Please, please make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I tried to animate. I actually, if you go back to the very beginning of my channel, like the first video, it's a cartoon. Uh, that I made, but it, it just, it, for me personally, like I'm not super artsy uh, or, I mean, I'm creative in some kinds of ways, like in, in puns, I'm very creative on puns, but I'm not as creative in like art. So it, it was hard for me to learn how to do it and do it to the quality I wanted it. So my friend was like, Hey, you know, how about you start covering crypto news? And so that's what I decided to start mm -hmm. doing. So in 2017, I started doing, uh, or 2018 in January, I started doing uh, my channel, I started covering cryptocurrency news. And so that's flowed over to uh, my website, bitboycrypto.com, where we're covering at least one different crypto news story every day. We have some different resources on there. Uh, we are certified on Google News. So, uh, you know, we like to think of ourselves as a reputable uh, news source for people that want to learn about cryptocurrency. And of course, I also have my podcast. Uh, like I mentioned, Beards and Bitcoins. Uh, it is the crypto podcast for the man's man and the, and the women who love them. So, um, we, we talk about all kinds of different things on there. We don't get super techie. We talk guy stuff. We talk football, beards, barbecue, bikes, beer, the whole, the whole nine yards. 
Mm, that's incredible. Wow. So, um, do you have a Bitcoin joke that I can steal for my stand-up routine? A Bitcoin joke that you can steal for your stand-up routine. Yes, it's a very specific request. But... That is that is a that is a very specific request, <laughs> and I feel like I probably have hundreds of them. <laughs> but I would say I would say probably if you just yelled BitConnect really loud, that would probably be enough to to get a laugh from anyone really? that knows anything about crypto. What is, just, what is that? BitConnect. That's all you got to say at the end of your routine, and you would probably get a few laughs. Really? Okay. Can you explain? Because I'm so dumb in this, like I don't get it at all. Like, so, sorry. So this is one of those me. rare moments where, yeah. uh, where cryptocurrency transcended our niche and overflowed into the general public. So there was BitConnect was a giant Ponzi scheme in cryptocurrency where they basically promised to give you returns if you let them borrow your Bitcoin. They would make returns through crypto trading and they would be able to give you back what you gave them plus more, which is. Mm -hmm the exact definition pretty much of a Ponzi scheme. And so it turned out it was a huge Ponzi scheme, but they had a huge conference uh, in, I think, December of 2017. And there was a guy, Carlos Matos. You guys can look him up. He just did the craziest stuff. He yelled so much about Bit, uh, BitConnect. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a YouTube channel called Shmoyoho. Are you familiar with them? Sorry, no. Shelter child. Don't know. Shelter child. <laughs> They're one of the biggest YouTube channels uh, out there. I think they've got, you know, they definitely have millions of subscribers. They do, if you've ever seen any uh, auto tuned videos where they take memes and turn them into videos. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the channel that does that. So if you guys know, like the hide your wife, hide your kids guy, they made that song. Oh, yeah. yeah. They make all of the popular auto tune songs pretty much oh, for, what? yeah, that are based off of viral videos. So they actually did a, you know, best of 2017 video and the Carlos Matos BitConnect meme actually made it in there. So mm -hmm. if you just will type in Carlos Matos, M-A-T-O-S, mm -hmm. BitConnect into YouTube, it is pure comedy gold for like three and a half minutes straight wow. of watching this guy yell. And one of the funny things he says in there is that he says, you know, my, my wife doesn't even believe in this. And of course, shortly after this video, they got divorced. So <laughs> true story. Did she get half of his bitcoins? Oh no, he lost it all. It was a scam. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It's, I think it's you. kind of a sad tale, but it's also <laughs> funny to laugh at. Well, I guess that's karma. Can I can I say that? I, I think you can. I think. Oh man. Wow, this is so interesting. This this is I have so many questions, but let me just ask a good one. So what do you think makes like okay? If you feel if you feel comfortable sharing, like what do you think was the best investment you've made, and what was the worst investment you've made? Well, I, I would say that uh, the worst investment that I made was actually uh, not an investment. It was it was taking money off the table. So uh, when I first got into Bitcoin, I was using it to buy the software that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. However, if I would have left the money that I spent on the software. Mm -hmm. in Bitcoin and would not have spent it, uh, it would have been worth uh, about nine figures. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, uh, I made a lot of money. I made a good amount of money when I sold my Bitcoin initially. Um, mm -hmm. But if instead of selling it, if I just would have hodled it, as we say, then I definitely would have been a lot better off than, than I am now. And I think that's a really powerful thing in cryptocurrency, which is realizing that if this really is the game changer that we think it is, mm -hmm. that it just makes sense to just keep it, you know, mm -hmm. keep it and, 
and I would say that was probably my worst investment was even though I made a lot of money was not keeping that money on the table. Mm. Um, so I would say in terms of my best investment, um, I definitely invested in a crypto project called Tron mm -hmm. and it gets a good amount of hate. Uh, some people may have heard of the, uh, uh, co or of the founder. His name is Justin Sun. He actually paid $5 million for a lunch with Warren Buffett. It actually ended up making the news. They were talking about Warren Buffett at a crypto launch. Long and the short of it is it, it never happened. And I actually got to eat the meal that Warren Buffett was supposed to eat. That's, that's a whole, whole nother crazy story, but it was like caviar and duck and all kinds of stuff. Cause I got invited out to cover the event and then the event didn't happen, but they had already paid for the launch. That's but, amazing. Did yeah, you it was on your podcast. What's that? Did you talk about it on a podcast episode? Uh, I did some videos on it. I may have mentioned it on a podcast. Uh, I'm sure I, we did talk about it on a podcast at some point. Okay. That's but yeah, that's a, it's a very fascinating story. But Tron was a project that uh, I invested in uh, last year. I already had some investments, but I invested when it was uh, down around a penny. And then it went up to like three pennies in like a couple of weeks. And I sold the top of it. And then of course it went, it went back down, but that was definitely a good investment. The thing about cryptocurrency when you're, when you're trading and you're trying to, to make short-term gains instead of long-term gains mm -hmm. is knowing that when you start feeling euphoric, that the price is going to keep going up forever. That's when it's going to drop. Uh, that's good advice. So how can we uh, learn more about you? How can we stalk you? What are some of the projects that you're working on? Just to reiterate for our listeners, where can we find you and work with you? Well, definitely come hit me up on TikTok. Uh, TikTok is a place that I'm spending a lot of time. I'm really focusing on content there. My plan on TikTok is to uh, make funny videos. And so if you're not into cryptocurrency, then that's a place you definitely want to follow me on. Mm -hmm. So you can see just my random weird TikToks that I make. Blown up. Guys. It was hilarious. I was laughing all morning just watching it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I've made, I, I have several videos there that have gone, you know, over 500,000 views, some over 2 million. Uh, so, which is really crazy because I got more views there than I have on my YouTube channel in two years. Um, but it's just because there's so much demand for content on TikTok. And uh, you can find me there at BitBoy Crypto. So the, my plan there is to kind of build that platform and then weave cryptocurrency more into it as I get a bigger platform there. So that way I can kind of like, you know, grow audience, but also teach a younger generation about cryptocurrency. Of course, you can hit me up on my YouTube channel, BitBoy Crypto, my podcast, Beards and Bitcoins, uh, Twitter and Instagram, both BitBoy underscore crypto. Uh, those are all of the different you know, platforms that I pretty much make noise on. I also have a Telegram group called the BitSquad. It's just uh, t.me slash BitSquad if you ever want to come in there. And I, I'm very accessible. So if you hit me up on any of these platforms and you want to talk or you want to know about you know, something or maybe you, you bought some cryptocurrency, you don't know what to do with it. Uh, you know, I definitely enjoy helping people, you know, not w without any expectation of a return. So. Wow. And I just want to do a shout out. You have 18.2 thousand followers already and you kind of just started on TikTok. So that's yeah. uh, freaking amazing. Um, and then you also are on, I mean, I found you on Instagram and then you have like, oh my gosh, you have like 15,000 followers already. So you run the podcast, run the face, YouTube, you're just dominating the Bitcoin space. And I really thank you for to 
be on my podcast. I learned so much and I can't imagine how much our listeners got values out of it. Um, Cause I, I feel like, yeah, you know, Bitcoin is interesting, but like I wanted a really great teacher to explain it. So thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it guys. The website is bitboycrypto.com. That's B-I-T-B-O-Y-C-R-Y-P-T-O.com. Bitboycrypto.com. Check out everything that Ben has said. And uh, I want to thank you so much for your time and hope to see you on future episodes. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun.